0: So beginning this day with a puja, and puja means to praise, to praise that which is worthy of praise. So this is the, what is worthy of praise, this triple gem, the Buddha, the one who discovered the Dhamma, revealed the Dhamma experienced the Dhamma, and presented the Dhamma Mm. by himself. Something that's still available over these thousands of years, something that leads people to goodness, to truth, to purity, to very beautiful qualities, human qualities and beyond to the deathless the Dhamma that which is available and the way we recollect the Dhamma it's called Santitiko which means direct it's not just an idea it's not a theory it's directly experienced just as directly experienced as your own breath Mm-hmm. And for this, we have to learn to experience things very directly rather than through imagination or theory. So it's very direct, we call it practice. Sanditiko mm-hmm. akaliko, timeless. It's not about the future or the past or even the present it's about that which is always here something that goes beyond the definitions of time that which encourages you to come and explore, to come and see for yourself so it's this quality because it's very clear, it's very much here it says come look Come see what's really here. If you cultivate this, you begin to recognize your thoughts are just uh, like the blowing of the wind. In a way, the the act, the experience of thought is here, but thought is always moving onwards. What is directly here is here. Look at that. Where are you now? When you're not imagining what you should be, or what you could be, or what you'd like to be, or what you fear you might be, where are you now? Look at that. Because that's the only place of truth. Wapanayiko means this it gives, takes you further, it leads you as you begin to discover that and enter that the mind, the seemingly turbulent flood of mind with its movements and struggles begins to open up and you experience something clear something still, something encouraging Dhamma is sa opanayko It means you can only experience it in yourself. Even the Buddha, any teacher, he can't give it to you. He can encourage you, but you have to go there yourself. Vedidapo, we knew it's available, it's experienced by the quality of wisdom, by being wise. Mm. By being wise as to what's true, to what's imagined, to what's actual, to what's hoped for or worried about, to what's really true, to be wise as to what's actually true and what are just dreams, imaginations, hopes and fears, what we assume to be true and what really is true. And we'll explore this, but this is the equality of Dhamma. So that's not really um, a belief, is it? Hmm? This is why it's always available for any person, any country, any time, any nationality, even any any religion. (laughs) If you get past the outward form of it. The Buddha taught this very pure essence of truth. for human beings and then there's the Sangha which is all those practitioners who have followed the Buddha from his time onwards to this very day who carried this teaching and training and practice forward and experienced it for themselves this means that it's not just the Buddha who can experience this Uh, The Buddha can reveal it, but those who follow can experience it. it, means you can experience it. This kind of Sangha is called Arya Sangha, which is not the same as Bhikkhu Sangha, but Arya Sangha, which means the Sangha of those who follow, whether they're Bhikkhus, lay people, nuns, doesn't matter. But they all have certain striking qualities they're uju, they're direct they're upright Mm. they have integrity they practice with understanding, with knowing so when we consider these even lightly when you can look at the book and you can think it over and it's important to think it over slowly this is worthy is there anything here that's not worthy of some praise, some regard, mm. some uplift. But when we cultivate a puja, we're doing a little more than thinking, we're also praising. Mm. And this quality of praising is something that happens in the heart. Mm. When you praise something, you lift, your heart rises up, you're gladdened. So you have a clear thought. And a clear thought that causes your heart to rise. To rise up. You feel blessed. You feel interested. You feel there's something good. Something beautiful is around. We lift up. Just like when you hear of something uh, beautiful or wonderful happening. You lift up, where's that? Praise is like that quality that lifts the heart with gratitude and with interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this is something to keep cultivating, mm-hmm. and it's a very different quality from uh, wanting. Mm-hmm. Often, the heart is led by wanting what I want to have or what I want to get to and this of course can be skillful or unskillful praise is different from that it's another way another movement of the heart but it's a movement of the heart that's not about something in the future that I would like to have or become or get to it's about something in the present that I am gladdened by. Yeah. That's different movement of the heart. Yeah. Movement of the heart. So we call this the upright. Yeah. Because it's not going forward, it's going up. And this uprightness is the foundation for meditation. the foundation for meditation yeah. and through this we begin to recognize three areas for the uprightness one is the upright thought or sometimes called speech vajja which means we think clearly we think Of thoughts and ideas that bring us into an upright state of mind, such as truth, honesty, clarity, uh, integrity, uh, harmlessness, Mm. loving kindness. These we'd say are thoughts that when you think them clearly you become clear and upright and when you speak in this way when you think in this way then you acquire the upright speech, the upright thinking mind, you don't think in devious ways or confused ways, you think in ways that bring you back to your own integrity and self-respect. Truly just even to think like this every day is a great blessing. But when we cultivate puja, meditation, it's not just this the upright speech or the upright thought, the upright heart, which we're calling here praise, gladness, pomoja, gladness, uh, uh, it's a sense of the heart begins to feel full. This is very important because this is one of our main sources of suffering and confusion is that the heart may seem to be full but it's often full of things that don't satisfy. The heart is full of wanting. The heart is full of worry. The heart is full of uncertainty. The heart is full of remembering. The heart gets filled with things, shopping, events. Uh, The heart is filled, and yet it's not satisfied. So in this filling of the heart with Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, we're beginning to clear out these other qualities, these other preoccupations of the heart, and fill it with Satta or confidence, faith, aspiration. This is the upright heart. This upright heart doesn't want anything apart from to listen and learn. There's one more quality, the upright body. And we cultivate the upright standing, sitting and walking as our primary practices. This is a another aspect of upright it means the energy in your body becomes clear and stable. So if the body is fidgeting this energy is not settled. If it's slumping over the energy is not bright and upright. So we cultivate the upright body and we begin to get a sense of body energy It's not about doing anything it's just about the body experiencing itself in itself yeah. when the body feels it has vitality but it's not unsteady, it's not pushing It's upright, but it's not forced. It's just full of good energy. And this is particularly the practice that we focus on in our samatha, our calming or stabilizing meditation, which is the beginning of anapanasati, mindfulness of breathing. And the beginning of satipatthana, the foundations of mindfulness, where the Buddha says one finds a place and one sits with spine upright. So the upright thought, the upright heart, the upright body, these three kinds of uprightness act as the foundation for sapti, or mindfulness, the ability to bear something in mind without believing in it, without attaching to it, without thinking about it, just to be present with it. And an image here that I would like to offer is rather like the, the heron. You know, the heron is the bird that stands in the river or stands in the lake. It stands and it's looking for fish. It stands it's completely upright. Have you seen one of these birds, they can stand on their leg in the river for an hour, and they look like a tree because they don't move, but their eye is very sharp. And this is how we should cultivate, standing in the river of our lives. The river flows. We feel the river tugging. We feel emotions and thoughts. We feel sensations, we feel inclinations, we feel attitudes, we feel our emotions, we feel tired, we feel uncomfortable, Mm -mm. we feel uncertain. This is all the river. The river is washing over and yet we stand upright in that river with our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, sensations, energies you stand upright, the river doesn't sweep you away. And when you learn to stand upright and sustain that, then you begin to see interesting and beautiful things in the river. This is how we should practice. It takes time because, first of all, when you stand upright, If you're a little bit sleepy, you come over or your mind wanders off and you just have to keep bringing it back until you get steady. And when we cultivate meditation, particularly, this is the, the first basis is to establish the correct way of sitting upright. And for this you must focus on your spine, from the tail, the tail of the body, <coughs> up through the lower back and into the middle of the back, and the shoulders, and the neck, and the head. <coughs> you sweep your awareness from the tail, one up, <coughs> to the head. If you begin. In the lower spine, establish a firm connection to the floor, as if you're anchoring, as if you are connecting, as if you are holding the floor with your tail, tailbone. Even push down a little bit. Push down through the pelvis. Do you feel that if you push down, it will push your back in very important to get this lower back so it curves in. Normally when people sit in chairs, their back goes like that. Then you want to have it so your back is like that. If you push down, you can, you can feel the difference when your lower back comes in. The front of the body becomes upright and straight, Whereas if we sit like this, it, it's folded. Mm. When it's folded like this, you can't breathe properly. You just breathe here. We want to breathe all the way from here down to here. So this must be open. For this, you, When you push the back in, all this part of your body opens up. Mm. And this bones, the chest bones, can then rest on the spine. They don't rest on the spine, they rest on your belly. And then you sit like this. <laughs> it's not going to work. Although it can be difficult at first. to you train yourself, even just a few moments, just pushing in. Lifting up. Practice with it. Mm. Until you feel this part of your body particularly becomes very open. There's no pressure. Because this is where your breath begins. Here. Not here, but here. This is where your breath is pulled here. It pulls in here, down to here. But the pulling begins here. Hmm? You can feel that when you breathe out, squeeze here, everything comes out. Relax, pulls in, everything pulled in, begins here. This area here can become very large. and We get a sense of openness and space and the energy in the body begins to become stable because we're using the body and we're using the breath to fill the entire body. The body then becomes filled with breath which carries the vitality and the energy that we need and it's a natural quality. So the way you sit will certainly be important for that. As you travel up your spine, come into the center of your back, between your shoulders, shoulder blades. Again, this is an area where we can sit like this. This means when you sit like this, your chest closes. Again, if you close your chest, you you can't get the full breath. So you push as if the back wants to come to the heart. See? Between the shoulders, then your chest opens. When your chest is open, more room, more space, bigger breath. Bigger breath, better energy. So you sit and you push in your back, and you. Now, with your neck, very often our heads are like this. Because we're looking at something, we're talking to someone, and we look around. So the head is led through the eyes, the eyes pull the head around. But now we don't want the head to be directed by the eyes, the head is now directed by the neck. So the head sits on the neck like a ball. You understand a ball if you can imagine like a fountain of water when you have a fountain of water and you throw a ball on it and the water is coming up and the ball sits on the top of the fountain this is how your head should sit on your neck so it's no longer led by the eyes it's connected to the head it's connected to the head, the throat is open. When your throat is open your breath travels through there very full and easy and it also means that your head begins to be affected by the breathing. If this gate here is open and straight rather than like this, the energy of the breath travels through the head around the eyes behind the nose and the head becomes bright and clear and here, around here, around here even in here the energy moves around behind the face and it clears the dullness from the, from the brain hmm. this is something I just mentioned to you And really watch out for that. Watch out for how the breathing affects your chest, your belly, your throat, and your head. It covers all of it. When the body is upright, the breath is upright, the breath is straight, the breath is clear, the breath is pure, and the breath, the breathing can then Clarify the mind, open the mind, and clarify it. This is why we use sitting position for meditation. And whether we're sitting, or standing, or walking, we maintain the same upright spine. <coughs> when the body is upright when the heart is upright when our thinking is upright then we're beginning to find our entry into the Dhamma which is the upright way of life so let's take some time for meditation practice, silent meditation practice we'll have about half an hour for meditation So during this time try to have a direct experience yourself for what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. give yourself the time to recollect, to think. to bring around the right attitude being like the bird standing in the river and then noticing the way the body is sitting and first of all the spine the tail, the lower back, the middle of the back, the neck, and the head. And practice with it. It doesn't become perfect at first, so you have to practice with it. Allow yourself to move a little bit. Move your shoulders, Mm. move your head if you feel stiff or tight. Mm. You have to know your own body Uh, I only know this one. But uh, the indication the sign that your body is becoming <clears throat> more upright and balanced as you begin to experience the breath the breathing very fully like a stream flowing out stopping the end of the out breath and slowly pulling as if the something low down in your body begins to pull and it pulls the air in you stay here but you can feel the air being pulled in down through the nose, the sinuses and down into your abdomen Mm -hmm. Sensations experiencing, first of all, sensations, these are flowing sensations. The first quality of breathing is sensations. See where you can find that. It doesn't really matter whether it's in your nose or your head or your chest or in your belly. It's just the pressure of your clothes pushing, pushing against your clothes. Anywhere where you can feel sensations. Hmm. It's pasa, contact. Sensations that repeat. So that they tell you that you know you're breathing because you feel sensations. A stream of them. Stream of sensations. And it's just like the uh, bird standing in the river. Doesn't move. The sensations run through your awareness, through your chitta. You don't follow them. You feel them running through your chitta, running through your awareness. when things become unclear or you feel the mind being pulled away maybe thinking or feeling tired or something occupying your heart this is fine because this is what we need to clear we clear it by being aware of what are we uh, occupied with mm-hmm. and asking the question where is the breathing now where is the body now where is the breathing now how is breathing now So breathe through your thoughts, breathe through your feelings, your emotions. Let the stream of breath flow through your concerns and it will gradually clean and clear the heart. If your breathing feels irregular or is difficult, try to check your body, how you're sitting, whether your shoulders are relaxed, whether your chest is open, whether the body is open. It takes time. Also your attitude, to not try too hard, don't try too hard, try to relax, remember the image of the bird, you find the balance, it's actually very restful, poised. If your attention is settled, you feel clear. Notice how the sensations change, like the rippling of the water. Mm. It's not one sensation, it's a series flickering, rippling like light on water notice how it feels how it feels to be aware of this I'm going to ring the bell, <coughs> ring the bell, just let your body soften, soften your body relax, and let your eyes come open and just stay aware how things change. <coughs> stay aware in the present, let your body relax a little, open your eyes and maintain awareness. So you open the sense doors, the eyes, the ears, and it stay centered, not running out. How does that feel? How is that?